Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walchef with Cali Comfort Barbecue. We are recording above the butcher shop with my man Derek Marceau, and we are back from the Turf and Surf Barbecue Championship, and we didn't blow up this year. We did not blow up, except for the amount of sales <laughs> that we did blew up. We uh, had a very, very successful Del Mar trip. Um, happy that it you know it's a learning experience for us for doing the the pc the way that we did it um you know having arlie and gene say that this is the first time they've ever seen a kcbs event go on to be all you can eat um them saying that they thought that it wasn't going to be as successful as it was was pretty cool that you know we're being a little bit innovative and trying to do new things and being the the people that are going to kind of catapult the barbecue, you know, events in the future where, you know, I'm, I'm happy that it, it was a su- success. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy to exactly what you said for Arlie and Gene to tell us that there's no way that this is going to work out. And then for us to actually pack the Del Mar on a Sunday after the Pacific classic, you know, they had 23,000 race fans on Saturday and then for them to get 13,000, but to get 2,000 into our event for an all-you-can-eat event, um, it was just a really cool experience. And one of the things I took away was Miranda, who's been our photographer and just does an absolute incredible job taking these sexy photos. She said that the vibe was so much different because it wasn't transactional. And we talk about that on the podcast a lot. And, you know, when you're dealing with tokens and you you're, feel like you have to go and buy, 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 once people got in, they felt like they were all in part of like this inclusive club where they can really get whatever they want. They could get dessert, they could get seafood, they could get whatever, whatever, whatever their fancy was. You know, I, I didn't even think about it that way um, until you just said that. Um, but I think that that is something that kind of does, you know, when you go to an event, if you feel like you're kind of getting nickel and dimes for every little thing, you got to buy this, you got to buy that, you got to do this. I, I guess it could get a little tedious and to have an all you can eat where, like you said, you're just going, you're waiting in line, getting whatever grub you want. If you like that place, go and get in line again and get more stuff. doesn't matter. And uh, I mean, we, we had people that are just ecstatic about it and told me how much more fun they had this year than they did last year. And I'm like, man, Thought, yeah, last year was pretty fun too. But, um, I mean, I get it. I get it. Is it is that transactional thing where you're not waiting in line to get coins to wait in line to get food. You just come in and then you wait in line to get food. Yeah, it's, or drink or whatever you whatever you're gonna do. Definitely one of the highlights. Got to give a shout out to uh, Anthony Long who made it out. He volunteered uh, to spend some time with us and brought his daughter. But uh, because we had more awards this year, it took longer to get the check. So we were planning on doing the awards at five o'clock. Unfortunately, JC was working as hard as possible. And so was Abby trying to get those checks from Del Mar, but we had to push the awards back 20 minutes, about half an hour. Tony being Tony got on the mic and turned it into a kid's uh, wobble dance party. And I don't know if that's ever been done in any KCBS event, but uh, it's definitely something that was pretty, pretty cool. Um, it was pretty, pretty cool, cool, and it will definitely be there next year. I mean, we already talked to Tony. He's going to come out next year, and he'll be there in Spring Valley this year. He is our MC at Spring Valley. We, uh, we, we love him. I mean, he just gets people going. He's like we told him in, in Del Mar, he, he's family. So it's, uh, it's cool that he uh, continues to want to come out during the, these times because – it really alleviates a lot of pressure off us. Um, we've done it without him before, and it, that was it, not cool. It was not cool. <laughs> um, you know, 
the MC was drunk, using <laughs> foul language in front of kids. So are you just telling him everything on this podcast? Just yeah, letting everybody know what happened. Yeah, running events. <laughs> running events is. Uh, I mean, running events is something that you know when you when you think about it, you want to create a movement, and that's really what we're trying to do is create a movement. The the negatives are when people want to think it's just about them. And they, they lose sight of what's what's really what barbecue is really about. We had a few people like that this year. It, it, it is what it is. And, you know, we're going to move on and continue to try to do the best we can. The best we can for barbecue. And that, that's all I can promise is that I'm going to do the best I can. That's all you can promise. That you're going to do the best you can. You uh, you should not be ashamed of yourself, Sean. <laughs> thank you. I'm, um, I'm not ashamed of myself. Thank you. And, uh, Despite what people say, I'm not ashamed of myself. Right. And I think uh, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. I think, um, you know, for us, we're, we're just grateful that so many people make it worth it. And it's easy to focus on the 10% of the people that are bitching and complaining the entire weekend and making life hell um, for all of us that are trying to do something great. But it's the 90% of the people that absolutely love what they do. The Chris from Smoked Hog that's out there smiling and loving what he's doing. Rub your meat. The guys from Arizona driving out here. I mean, there's just so many people that made that we list. Go on and on, on and on and on. And every year it gets better. And, you know, it makes Spring Valley better. It makes Del Mar better. And those, like, that's the barbecue family. That's the people that drive us. And, you know, that's... Uh, that's what fires us up today, 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 today. One of the coolest things about digital marketing, the digital footprint podcasting. Um, this isn't always just about barbecue. It's about business. It's about innovation. It's about relationships. Uh, Justin Lee, one of my good friends from Bishop's um, high school back in La Jolla, we played football together with Shane Walton. Well, Shane played football while we watched. Yep. <laughs> it was more accurate. <laughs> That's uh, correct. Shane Walton was on our podcast way early on. Uh, he's with organizations in training, played for Notre Dame, and then played in the NFL. Um, Shane's a good friend here. But now we have uh, Justin to talk about Core Performance Inc. And um, you even brought us some goodies so we can talk about kind of what's going on and how you got into this uh, incredible field. This What you're doing to innovate it's really, really cool. And the more that I researched your company, um, the more excited I was to have you on this podcast today. So welcome to Behind the Smoke. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. Well, you flew in, right? I did. So where's the company located? We're headquartered in McLean, Virginia. Okay. So that's about 10 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. Uh, my wife and I live about half a mile down the street from the front gate of America's Leading intelligence agency. Is that right? <laughs> really? We do. Wow. Uh, you can see the sign on uh, Chainbridge Road. <laughs> wow. Were you, were you out there already and, and started this, or you went out there after you did this company? Um, so we actually, my business partner, JD, and I actually started the company in two different states. Okay. So I was living in Dallas at the time, and he was living in uh, McLean, and we kind of consistent with the digital age thought like yeah we'll just start the company and then we'll <laughs> you know we'll figure it out later sure. right and then our first customers ended up being right around that area and i just kind of got tired of flying from dallas i was living with another one of our bishop's classmates yep. chris arudin and i were roommates there super fun chris arudin also was on our football team yeah he was uh yeah he was a watcher i think too <laughs> he was uh, a for, we, all, until, we all watch we all watch shane, shane Walton until until it's time to kick though yes until right? it was time to kick chris uh, could kick yeah if we needed a, a field goal or an extra point he was our go-to That's guy for sure um but uh yeah and then eventually when business got to a certain point i just 
packed up shop and moved back to the Northern Virginia area. It was an easy move because I went to undergrad there. So okay. It's no big deal. It was, it was fun. It was fun to get back there. And then I met my wife there and that's where so we So you are. met her there. You, you didn't meet her in Dallas. I did not. No. And you met her there and you guys started doing this. Now, walk us through this because this is pretty fucking cool. This pack and this, it's fucking freezing. For, for those yeah. of you, we, <laughs> you guys can uh, see we published this on, on YouTube now, so you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and you can actually check out um, these ice packs that Justin brought, which is really cool. They're called Ice ice Hug? Ice Plate. Ice Hug is the Dutch Bros name for it. Okay. Um, and oh, it's a, ice, I see it. Yeah, it's just Velcro, so all of our different enterprise customers can pick uh, customized patches, okay. and then they can have their own branding on top of it. But we use Velcro, kind of a you know tactical, community-inspired uh, sure. design option, and it allows them to have modular branding. So if you look on the other side, you'll see what Chick-fil-A uses, which is... We stay frosty with ice plate, and that's on the other side of the vest. I would love to know how you got Chick-fil-A wow. to use your branding. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, incredible to me. I still don't even believe it on the YouTube videos that yeah. you have. We'll, we'll put those all that all that in the show notes so you guys can check that out. But that's it's really cool. So this whole adventure got started actually not too far from here. So if you keep going down 8 and uh-huh. you get to Pine Valley... Yep. Uh, Alpine, you'll get to the place where in two, uh, July 2011, I was working as a reserve deputy sheriff for San Diego County Sheriff's Department while I was running my real estate company. And I was very fortunate to have a great business partner at the time. We got the business to the point where we were working not a full schedule. Sure. Uh, we were very fortunate to come up with some ideas and strategies through the recession that gave us that opportunity. I felt spiritually led to honor the time and the gifts that we had been given. And I felt that just not using that time constructively to, to give back and help the community was to not honor that gift. So I looked at various ways. I thought about uh, all kinds of different things. And I found this way where basically you could become a part-time law enforcement officer. And I was like, well, this is great, you know, because I can't, I can't, leave the business for too long right i, I don't have to work a 80 hours a week yeah, but sure. i can't leave for too long and so i i went through the academy in 2007 uh, joined the department and then was fortunate enough to have a great boss there uh sergeant don parker rest in peace he we lost him to geoblastoma in february 14th oh. of this year oh no and so this patch that i'm wearing 10 edward sam 5 was his call sign and we did a a fundraiser. We still have the patches available on our website, and a hundred percent of those proceeds uh, go to his family. Cool. cool. So we were able to raise, you know, some money to to help offset some of those costs for her. He was a, a very dear friend of mine, and he and I kind of just bonded. I remember the first day he showed up at the academy, and you just meet those people every now and again where you were meant the universe conspired to bring you together. Yeah. Yep. And Don was one of those people for my life, mm-hmm. and he taught me everything I eventually learned about being a cop, about how to be a good cop, uh, how to not be a shitty cop. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, he, we, we just had everything in common. He loved the outdoors like me. He loved backpacking and hiking. He loved the skills. You know, we loved to be good at our job. So I was fortunate enough to work on his team, and I got to do all kinds of neat missions. He got me tons of great training. Uh, that I don't mind talking about now because I, I know that he definitely pulled some favors to get me oh, into yeah. some of those classes. <laughs> uh, but nobody's going to get in trouble for that now. Right. Uh, so we were on a mission 
uh, an assignment to look for an armed suspect in Pine Valley. And it was super hot. It was about 100 degrees, which is hot, period. And mm-hmm. for San Diego, is really hot. Uh, Pine Valley, uh, we were way above sea level. We were about 4,000 feet. It was a mixed task force. We had U.S. Forest Service, uh, Border Patrol, and FBI. And the guy was very well trained. He was a former Marine Scout sniper. He had recently been detached from the Marine Corps. And we knew he had uh, certain types of weapons that represented a very severe threat to us. Mm -hmm. So while we were out there and we're just humping around a bunch of extra kit because this guy is better trained, has better weapons, et cetera. And he's from Alpine. So we're in his backyard. Sure. And I was just thinking to myself, like, there's got to be a more efficient way to do this than us just carrying all this crap around. Some of which we don't use for 99% of the mission. Uh, Almost all of it's important, but there's got to be some way to make this count more. So I remembered back to when I was healing from a CrossFit injury uh, a little few months earlier. I remembered watching this uh, documentary on National Geographic about a research study that two Stanford biologists named Dennis Gron and Craig Heller had done where they figured out that if you extract a certain amount of heat from the human body, you could beat the performance-enhancing effects of anabolic steroids. And you can find this very quickly on Google by Googling really? Stanford Cooling Glove. That will cue up the research. So I read through the paper. I read through their stuff. And I was like, man, this is amazing. But the way that they're doing this, they built a, a large glove that required a cooler. You had to plug it into a wall. You had to wear two things on your hands that were hard cases. Very, very effective. Clinically, there's no doubt their research was legit. And it was amazing, the results that they were able to achieve. But it wasn't super practical. So I was thinking, well, this would be great on our assignments out in the desert, off-road enforcement, search and rescue, uh, you know, border interdiction, whatever. But we can't take these gloves and these coolers with us and we don't have power outlets out there. So I would take a 90% reduction in effectiveness because their results were so good, right? I would take a 90% reduction in effectiveness for an infinite increase in utility. And that's when I remembered we had just gone through a class called TCCC, which is uh, basically a combat casualty care. It was designed for active shooter classes to teach us how to address uh, severe injuries that you would encounter in like an active shooter event or a mass casualty incident, a terrorist attack, something like that. And I remember they taught us how to address heat stroke and other heat-related illnesses, hypothermia, et cetera, by putting cold packs or hot packs over what are called pulse points where you have mm-hmm. superficial vascular exposure of your blood flows. Okay. So your wrist, uh, your brachial inside your bicep, your neck, uh, your inside, inside your thigh. And I was like, man, well, if you, that's a, a clinically proven way to remove heat from the body. They've already proven that if you remove heat from the body, it has this clinical effect. Sure. So maybe if we merge them, we'll get something super effective. Our wearable hydration apparel was born. I got together with J.D. Wilcox, who I met. He was a baseball teammate of Chris Rims at Stanford, and that's how we met. We had been friends uh, since college, and we'd always been talking about starting a business together. I came to him with this idea, and I was like, hey, man, I think we got something here. Uh, He's a... He's an engineer, finance guy by education and trade, so it took a little convincing. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he's one of the smartest human beings I've ever met. And I knew that if if it would pass his shit test, so to speak, then we'd we'd probably have something. What was he doing at the time? He was doing energy futures trading at a hedge fund where uh, he was was one of the best in class at that. Um, Still is. He He still does it? 
Uh, I mean, not at the same yeah, scale. Sure. But yeah, it's, he, he can, you know, he's smart enough where he can do it in about an hour a day. Sure. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, keeps his skills sharp. But uh, he and I got together and we were like, okay, let's, let's make this happen. And we basically traveled the country trying to learn how to make apparel. And then we launched that. That's to a hard business. Yeah, that was a hard business. It's like the restaurant business. Uh, yeah. I know. Well, getting it in the retail apparel business. Oh Ooh. gosh, it was brutal. And yeah. trying to make technical apparel in the U.S. And then you look at the numbers and you're like, what? Yeah. And the lead times. Yeah. And oh man, it was hard. So we put that eventually on Kickstarter in December of 15. And what was the raise? 25k. So it's basically enough to be like, okay, we can make this, but not enough where we were like, oh, we have a slam dunk rock star business on our hands luckily some people that work for the army found us on kickstarter and they called us up or they sent us an email and they were like hey we see what you guys are doing we love your engineering we love your problem solving would you help us solve the body armor cooling problem for soldiers and license your technology or your ip to the army for the next gen combat uniform and we were like you know, it doesn't make you feel cold. And I know that's what you guys want, right? You guys need something that creates a feeling of cold, a cold sensation to get the buy-in from warfighters. And they were mm-hmm. like, yes, absolutely. We need that. And I was like, yeah, our, our stuff's not going to do that. This is for athletes looking for that last 5%. Right. right. And what you need, you need, we built a scalpel. You need a sledgehammer. And they were like, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what we need. That's exactly what we need. Exactly what we need. And we have all this research data that we can give you guys um, where we know how much power it needs to have. They're like, it needs to have 140 watts of power over two hours. And you can't add any weight to the to the warfighter's kit, and you uh, can't require any new equipment. Oh, and no training and no instruction manual. And I was like, <laughs> you know, look, at I didn't, I was not an A math student. I was never as good at the quant stuff as you, JD. You were, so. pretty, you were pretty smart. But it's not bullshit. I was here. pretty certain. I was like, you know, I only look like I can do math on. on TV, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, there's no way you can generate 140 watts of power with no batteries and no moving parts and no additional weight to the Warfighter kit. Like, that's even right. I know that's a physical impossibility in the Newtonian universe, right? It's not going to happen. Right. And they're like, yeah, we've spent uh, over $300 million over two no and a half decades trying to solve this problem. We're no closer today than we were when we started. Did you get access to any of that research? Uh, they, yeah, they, they gave like us... Whatever you wanted or... Not whatever we wanted, but like they gave us the highlights because they were like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, if you guys sure. need to dig deeper, knock yourselves out. But this is the high-level stuff. And mm-hmm. we are not always super detail guys. We're like, okay, let's see if we can get this superficially. And if we can, then we'll dive deeper, right. you know, see if it justifies more effort. So... We, a month had gone by. We're into January of 16, and we're no closer today than we were when they called us and sent us that email. And I'm here in, in Del Mar, actually, yeah. having beers with some friends from NSW that had just come home. Uh, and they were like, hey, Justin, you know, your apparel reminds us of what we do overseas. We take bottled water and we stuff it. We freeze it. And then we stuff it in our plate carriers, our pants pocket, basically any pocket we can. And it's better than nothing. Kind of keeps us cool. And I was like, I'm sorry. Wait a second. What? Excuse me. What did you Come say? Did you say you freeze bottled water and jam it in your plate carriers before you go out on patrol? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, everybody does it. And I'm like, bulb. holy cow. And it was like, that was like the aha moment. Where I was like, water is a phase change material. Phase change material is basically a battery, right? So I called JD up and I was like, JD, I think we got it. The military issues everybody a camelback. A camelback holds 100 ounces of water. If the guys are already freezing disposable bottled water and jamming it in their plate carriers, what if we reshape the bottle but captured that behavior? How much energy is stored in 100 ounces of water ice? 
And JD, being the math wizard that he is, replies with, geez, Justin, that's like really hard math. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. Right. JD's no, telling that's me that's good. hard math. That's not good. Right. <laughs> so he's like, well, let me, let me hang up and I'll get back to you. Give me a little while. So he calls me back, I don't know, a couple hours later. And he's like, I think it's 147 watts over two hours, 14 minutes. And I think... I'm off by as much as 10%, but probably closer to 3 to 5%. And I was like, well, wait a second. So even if you're off by 10, 10 you're fine. we're still okay, right? right? We're, we're in the ballpark, you know? Right. And so we went with it, and he was like, okay, well, you know, what should we do now? I was like, how do we hit the universal body armor interoperability requirement? And I was like, we got to shape it like the one thing that goes in every piece of body armor there is, the armor plate. Right. And then the Army wanted truncated torso cooling specifically, so that's how the ice plate was born. And we, JD, originally he was like, you know, this thing needs to be shaped like a sphere. And this is the type of insight that he brings to the table that, like, I just would never have thought of that, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it needs to be closer to a sphere to maximize time and provide an optimal wattage balance. And a sphere basically is the fully optimized ratio of surface area to mass. And again, not something I would have known without yeah. him. And so we, we started experimenting. We went to Home Depot and we fashioned together this gnarly looking <laughs> surgical tubing in a, in a spiral to try to get towards a sphere. And it, it didn't work very well. What kind of Otter Pops did you use? Uh, I think they were cherry. Right. If cherry? I remember. Yeah. It was little, the Costco Little pack. Orphan Orange? Uh, maybe. Strawberry Shortcake? <laughs> Sir Isaac Klein? It was the, I was a big Otter Pop fan. Well, you know, remember how you would go to Costco and you'd buy the yeah, box, absolutely. right? And the box had the variety pack in so it. So you actually took Otter Pops. Yeah. That's a true that was, story. Really? Oh, yeah. And my mom's sewing machine that I did not know how to turn on. All true. <laughs> how did you learn how to turn it on? I asked YouTube her. You it? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, 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 you I asked even, your mom? I asked my mom. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I was like, I had no shame. I just needed to know how to turn the doggone thing on so we could learn how to start making stuff. Uh, so eventually, uh, talking to a mentor of mine, uh, Bill Babcock, uh, who is the smartest person I've ever met. How did he become life. your mentor? Uh, he was one of my dad's best friends. And then when my dad passed away in 08, uh, we, I mean, I've known him my whole life, but uh, you know, we just became a little bit closer. And he is one of the savviest marketing minds and business minds I've ever met him and my other mentor uh ron fowler and they but bill is a multifaceted he's like the leatherman of intellectuals and he can do math he can write i mean and he so i i talked to him about this idea because gd and i go to him for counsel and he was like well you need to make it like they make water bottles and we were like oh yeah right. oh yeah that's how we do this not right. coiled tubing right overthinking it for sure overthinking yeah. it right yeah. and so i was like hey gd babcock said we should make it like a water ball she's <laughs> like oh yeah that's a good idea <laughs> smart smart, smart. Yeah. so that's how we we came to this and uh another uh friend of ours sandy fellow san diegan uh he was a pitcher uh pablo bravo so another teammate of JD and Chris's helped us with the engineering. He's a mechanical engineer. So he helped us kind of through the CAD and whatnot. I mean, this thing is here because of the good graces, good hearts, and desire to help of so many people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've mentioned just a few of them right now, but this thing couldn't have been born without them. Well, I mean, I think that's important that you touch on that as, you know, things that Derek and I talk about frequently with our guests is a lot of those aha moments, they come because of a selfless act. I mean, you're just putting yourself in positions to do things that are not really about you. You know, they're about something, something bigger. 
you know, and what that, what that why is sometimes you don't know what that is, but then those aha moments come and you're like, Hey, well maybe I should call this person or, you know, and that leads to, you know, this encounter. And next thing you know, you're like, we're onto something here. You know, we're really onto something. And what you guys have done, it's so cool to see because you're just at the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Ice plate turned two two weeks ago. That's awesome. So really cool. You're obviously your demographics military. Where do you want to go recreationally? Like, I mean, there's got to be something like for me, for a hunter, right? I'm already thinking about things, how I could use this. If, if, you know, we're going out, we do a lot of Alaskan stuff, but I can put warm water in here to keep my body warm when I'm out, you know, I mean, shit, last two years ago, it was 14 degrees and I'm, you know, my hands. And if if you don't have the right, you know, equipment, you're, you're, you're going to be freezing. So what do you see? Where do you see this going? Great question. So we feel that human thermoregulation is a fundamental human challenge, right? Human beings were essentially designed to live in San Diego. And like the world is like not San Diego, Diego, like 10 years ago, not like San Diego. San Diego now. when you and I were kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like back when you didn't use an air conditioner. Yeah. Like air right. conditioning is on all the time now. It's nuts. Right. Go the, ahead. The Sorry. San Diego when we were in like Besides middle school. The point. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, when Shane was making jokes in yeah, class and exactly. all of us were getting in trouble. Uh <laughs> So human beings are basically designed for sea level 70 degrees. And when you start to veer from that, we experience performance degradation of a variety of different ways. It can be comfort. It can be mental acuity. uh, It can be endurance, all kinds of of our performance characteristics. And you're saying either high or low, either 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 the heat or the cold. Right. Yeah. Humans were basically built to be naked at 70 degrees Fahrenheit at sea level. Fuck, I'm in. (laughs) Derek loves to be naked. Don't don't threaten me with it, man. So when we look at the range of human activities today, we see an opportunity to help people in all different types of disciplines, military, law enforcement, industrial safety is where we are right now. But we see we have a vision to build out a system that eventually replaces basically like a a 30 liter day pack. Um, One challenge that I always had backpacking and on search and rescue operations was that a backpack keeps everything where you can't get to it while you're doing the thing that you love doing. Mm-hmm. But I think thanks to, you know, the military is always such a great source of innovative thinking. Uh, the adverse conditions that they find themselves in create phenomenal problem-solving opportunities. And when you look at the way that our warfighter kit has evolved over the last two decades, They've figured out basically how to create a system where you get protection tools at the ready and efficiency of movement and load bearing from a physics perspective in how body armor is created today, plate carriers and with pouches and that kind of thing. So one of the things you'll see from us over the next 18 to 24 months is you'll see us releasing different versions of the ice plate safety vests and different iterations for outdoor enthusiasts, for backpackers, for Mm, hunters. Uh, for other types of industrial safety professionals, uh, hazmat suit people, uh, what they call sea burning, chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear professionals, which are mostly like in law enforcement, military. You'll see us make a push into aviation. We feel that we can really help increase the safety of ground support crews at airports uh, who handle baggage. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's. I mean, just, just the reflective side. I mean, I... I think about, I mean, we have parking support staff that help people find a parking spot. Mm-hmm. And we're in San Diego, like right. you said. You know, it's, if you think about how many special events where there's fair, a county fair in the middle of, you know, in the middle of America that people are wearing safety vests, like, 
if they actually had a, an ice pack where yeah. they're cooling and they can get water, I mean, that's that's a huge benefit. Well, they're they're safer every all the way around. They're mm-hmm. you, you know basically from a institutional perspective. So from the business owner's perspective, you've insulated your organization against liability and risk. You have gone above and beyond to provide OSHA plus uh, safety mm-hmm. standards and and tools. From a, a personnel standpoint, a leadership standpoint, <clears throat> you're going above and beyond to take care of your people. They're going to be safer, more comfortable, more you know, for, in every way. So the, what we like to say about like the ice plate safety vest is we took an air conditioner, uh, a traffic vest, a tool belt, and a water bottle, and we merged them into one piece of kit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, Derek, we see, the, we see it being able to go a lot of places to yeah, help no, a lot of people. It's really cool. I mean, I'm thinking, how long does it take – to melt it's a great question especially like yeah. let's just, i'm just thinking because all my my buddies are, are firefighters mm-hmm. right and you know if they're going out doing stuff we have so many fires right now yeah. in in yeah. california how long will that take if they have i mean they have water accessible right away they're actually cooling themselves or then i mean i put on some of their shit before <laughs> and they get mad at me because it doesn't fit but whatever <laughs> um and it's i mean that shit's heavy and hot you know because i mean it's got to protect them yeah but it's got to keep fire out. is that something that they could put in that i mean how long will that take to to melt so the the short answer is that the average that we have found in our customer segments uh roughly two to four hours uh, to melt okay. completely. So that gives them a lot of time. It's a lot of time, you yeah. know, and, and, and it, the cooling effect is so powerful that it greatly reduces the wearer's hydration requirements. You just don't get as thirsty because you're not sweating as much. Right. Your body is offloading that heat conductively into the ice plate before it has to sweat it out, which is what causes a loss in water mass and eventually drops in blood pressure and all kinds of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so for a firefighter, it's tough to say exactly, you know, depending on where they are in the fire and whatnot, but two to four hours is the average for a user. And we've had people report as long as eight to 10. We've never personally experienced that, but right. people have told but us. But I mean, you works. can have eight packs and then, oh, sure. you know, you're on a shift and then you just switch it out and put the next one on. And Yeah, I mean, one good. thing that we, we designed the ice plate to fit uh, perfectly in like Pelican and Yeti coolers. Mm-hmm. And so it has a 30% storage density advantage over bottled water so let's say one vision that we have for the future for say cal fire or u.s forest service is to have a pelican or a yeti cooler filled with frozen ice plates picked up by an octocopter drone and then delivered right onto the fire line to resupply the guys uh, while you're (laughs) conducting reconnaissance with the camera you know that's cool um i love it we see it's a it's like a multi-function thing so that as the drone is conducting fire line surveillance which they're already doing cal fire is already doing that on these fires now Uh right it could be carrying sustenance and safety equipment to the guys on the line i mean one of the things that i love is right when i started you know digging into what you guys are doing it brought me back to the book I read about the In-N-Out founder, about Harry Snyder. And Harry Snyder, he revolutionized fast food with a two-way speaker. So literally, In-N-Out was on record as pretty much being the first drive through restaurant for efficiency. But now if you think about it and you go to an In-N-Out, they actually have pulled their staff out of the two-way speaker to come out because the lines are long. Yeah. That is helping them improve efficiency. Immediately, I see the video with the Dutch Brothers Coffee and then the Chick-fil-A and what they're doing. It's not reducing. We're not bringing on robots. Right. We're, we care about our people, but we're maximizing efficiency because it's it's it, we're going to process orders faster yeah. by bringing them out. Yep. I mean, that's the that's the revolutionary side of 
the industrial thing that you guys are going after. Well, and we're very fortunate to work with two totally bleeding edge companies. I mean, Chick-fil-A and Dutch Bros are almost as innovative of a customer as I've ever seen in any of our business dealings. The way they're so methodical and so thorough in thinking about their business because they put their customer ahead of everything else. Their customer and their team are number one. Yeah. Right? And when you do that, you arrive at all kinds of neat solutions and innovations because you let the market tell you what to do. The market tells you what it wants. Mm-hmm. And both of those organizations have figured out what the market likes, human interaction. It's it's incredible. It's huge. I mean, Chick-fil-A is built on thank you. Yeah. <laughs> My pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And their customer service experience is so consistent. Uh, I've never seen anything because it's like methodical. That. It's methodical, and and they care with they, intention. Right? Yeah. They do it with intention. They do it throughout their training, and the fact that they're bringing you on means that they are thinking about these things, mm-hmm. not just from a bottom line, you know, perspective. I'm going to reduce my insurance premium because right. of less people getting heat exhaustion. It's actually I'm going to make my staff better. Yeah, absolutely, and because they're always thinking about how do we get better. Yeah. Uh, how do we make this better for the customer? I think In-N-Out does the same thing. You know, uh, Lord willing, one day we'll be able to work with them too because that's mm-hmm. we admire companies. They have a couple like units. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they got a store here and there. Yeah, they have a couple <laughs> couple busy Vegas units right. and Barstow units. Yeah. So what um, did you go out and actively search for Chick Fil A? I mean, how that even that just getting in? How would you talk to them? That's that's. That's so crazy. we, uh, my, our other, JD and I's other business partner, Doug Burr and I were here in San Diego, September of 16, and we were getting ready for the Miramar air show. We had a, a, te- a booth on the flight line and we were, we had our computers on just making some last minute adjustments and we get a live chat at 11, like 53 or something through our website. And this guy comes on and says like, Hey, my name is, is Kevin. I work with Chick-fil-A. I saw your innovations on Facebook. Wondering if you guys would be interested in working with us. You know, we have the screenshot on our website. I wonder if you guys that. would be interested in working with that. us to uh, help our people. And <laughs> I remember, I'll be honest now, like I it's, look back on it, I'm like, I did internet, a double It's the internet oh shit moment. I oh, mean, yeah. Literally, you're like, oh my God, the things that we're doing, we're putting it on Facebook, the SEO, we've just created a funnel where they found us. Yeah, I'm like... Did, or am did, I getting pranked? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, 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 who's, who's fucking with who's me? Who's fucking with me? Like, I mean, it's, it's Chris Arden. Yeah, it's Chris Arden. You know, Shane Walton. Yeah, it's probably Shane. Yeah, that's but true. luckily, you know, he had his, his Chick-fil-A email address on there, so we were able to check the domain pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, well, that, that URL works. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we definitely had... That was a moment, for yeah. sure. And it was cool. And I am very blessed to be able to say today that Kevin now works for us. We did oh, not wow. coach him. He came to us. Rad. Everything was totally copacetic. No, you know, no funny business there. But he was just really excited about our mission, what we were doing to help people in a wide variety of, of disciplines. And he got to be firsthand. I mean, he he was the witness for it at Chick-fil-A. He's the guy that brought us in. That's so cool. And then uh, just introduced us to another operator, Phil Thomas uh, in Scottsdale and I mean, we just love working with those Chick-fil-A operators. They're just a great group of people. They're mm-hmm. very forward-thinking businessmen and women. And it's just a neat organization to be able to call a customer. And how did the Dutch Brothers come about? So Dutch Brothers came about because uh, they saw a Chick-fil-A that was open <laughs> when they were closed. <laughs> True story. Yeah. There and you go. Then they, they called us up one day. This was last sum- July of last summer. And they put in a large, the largest Next business morning, FedEx overnight order we've ever had. Oh, Christ. Uh, I like didn't want to know that, Bill. Could you fulfill right? it? 
Uh, yeah, we, we had to. We, we had to. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was on a plane. I don't even remember where I was going. I think I was going to Dallas to meet with another customer, and they they basically saw uh, Chick Fil A was open. They were closed, and they were like, "This, there's got you know what the heck is going yeah. on here? This right? isn't a thing. Let's this is not a thing, right? Because yeah. yeah. Dutch Bros takes pride in their drive throughs just like Chick Fil A does. Sure. And they are you know they collaborate. They're very friendly companies and. They, the Chick-fil-A operator was like, oh, we have ice plates. You guys don't have ice plates? And the Dutch Bros owner was like, what the hell is an ice plate? I'll buy all of yours <laughs> off you right now. And he's like, I'm not going to sell them to you, but I'll give you the guy's number and you can call him and That's awesome. buy some yourself. What does inventory look like? I mean, how many, to get a big order like that, you guys have to be prepared. How much inventory are you guys carrying? Uh, truthfully, at any given time, not enough. Right. <laughs> and where you guys yeah. get, I mean, you guys store it in Virginia? That's, we do, yeah. yeah. So it's it's kept now. We have a we have a small company apartment in Phoenix that we've turned into a multi-purpose <laughs> warehouse office. Welcome to the yeah, startup welcome world. Welcome to the startup world, <laughs> right? right? Uh, hotel, uh, restaurant. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so we we keep some of the inventory at our office in Virginia, and then some of it also in Phoenix. Okay. Uh, and then we now logistically it's cheaper to get everything out here in the west coast if it's from phoenix uh yeah but mostly we care about like fulfillment time okay. so we have two guys in phoenix kevin and doug and they like we try to t- i mean we try to offer a white glove experience to as many customers as we possibly can on the enterprise side because it's, it's not practical on the consumer side yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i mean we try to deliver I mean, we just delivered a uh, hundred and fifteen ice plate safety vest to a school district in phoenix really uh, yeah for their crossing guards and teachers wow there you uh, go. i mean they they mobilized their their parent teacher organization in like wow. a week to do the fundraising that they needed to, that's impressive to get the vest out yeah what's Very a minimum impressive. order for you guys like oh, if someone calls up and says hey I, I need five of them you know is that a thing uh yeah i mean it happens yeah. every day you know we because our, our website's configured for end user purchases Enterprise orders, those customers generally start around 50 to 100 units. Right. Uh, Chick-fil-A and Dutch Bros order considerably more than that. But, yeah, we'll take – and government orders, they vary between 20 and 100 units on average, I'd say. And that's uh, – you know, each each vest is a pair of ice plates. So there's other things that go with that, you know, molly sleeves, that kind of thing, depending on who the customer is. But, yeah, inventory has been – I mean, we're, we're in the middle of an inventory transition right now. Okay. And uh, – you know, Amazon, we started doing that earlier this year and holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't even have our entire line on Amazon. And, and <laughs> we have, and we have like no reviews on Amazon, but people I think just see the reviews everywhere else. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, I want prime. Right. And so, yeah, we, we definitely, so it's we, been challenging. Oh, it's Russian roulette with our inventory. <laughs> <laughs> we, I think most customers don't feel it. Yeah. And that's by design and by luck. Right. But, and, also by JD's skill, but yeah, it's it's tight every yeah. now and again. So. Yeah, you, but that's you know you have to run it that tight as a startup too because efficiency is a, a big deal. And your P and L, you have to make sure. I mean, inventory can throw your P and L off, you know, oh, in, you, in a second. Yeah. So if you're overextending yourself, and that's that's a lot of times growth. Growth is a hard thing. So it's like, how much do you need? I mean, if, I don't know what you guys are doing, and, and but if you need to raise more capital to get more inventory, to you know, how much more do you need to fulfill these orders, and are these orders going to stop? I mean, how often is is the Phoenix school going to is it is this going to last them ten years where they don't have to fucking call again? So now we don't have that order anymore. You know, you have to juggle all those things, and it's the things that a lot of people don't think about. That totally, goes, you, you have to have your own algorithm that's going to make it make it work, or else you're gonna you're gonna figure out how to get yourself out of a business real quick. Oh, absolutely. You can <clears throat> you can go out of business by being 
a rock star too. Yeah. Sure. You know, oh, absolutely. Uh, just as quickly as you can go out of business by being terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the, one of the things we learned early on was, you know, restaurant owner.com um, is a magazine that we subscribe to, but just because you have a busy restaurant doesn't mean you have a profitable restaurant. <laughs> You can have a packed restaurant. You can have a packed bar. It doesn't mean shit. And you could be losing money. You could be losing money hand over yeah. fist. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely, a, it's a challenge. I mean, and we, we almost 10 x our production from last year to this year. Wow. And it's still tight. Um, wow. So we just, you know, trying to make, we're, we try to make good, everything though. we can in that's the That's really good, though. Yeah. I mean, to, to be tight and be 10x, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, that means you guys are running an efficient program. I mean, I know it's scary. And when sometimes <laughs> these, these orders come in, you're like, how the fuck am I going to get this order done or, or whatever it is? But that that's good. I mean, that's good to hear that you guys are actually staying on top of it and being proactive to make sure that those, you know, you're running efficiently. Because like we just talked about, I mean, it's so easy to go out of business and get a big head and say, 30x and here we go and now you know now you're sitting on all this shit and you oh. can't even pay yourself and well then this is where i'll just say again like jd is huge for doug and i doug and i are like sales marketing mind design <laughs> yeah. minds you know the, right. the between the two of us those are our three functions and jd is the rational like hey guys whoa <laughs> uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> are you sure we want to do that right and yeah. it's it's a huge balance right we always joke internally like if the business were just JD, we would never grow. And if the business were just Justin or Doug, we would never make any money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, pretty much. I mean, yeah. the, but those are the give and takes and you have to know what your strengths are. Yeah. We're propeller know? and rudder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, For any type of partnership. And people uh, yeah. get so mad about partnerships. And I always said I would never get into a partnership. I was in a forced partnership with my family and it was so hard. But when you find the people that actually help you it's just like a marriage i mean yeah, when you find totally that like marriage. me and my wife are so opposites on so many things but that's why it works that's why it works you know yeah. because we can compliment each other on, on certain things i help her get out of her own way she's yep. very very uh conservative doesn't want to do a lot of you know things that you know where i'm like hey let's fucking go like let's, let's do it and she pulls me back like hey like, no babe we can't like that's not yeah so but we we help each other on on those aspects and it has to be the same way in a business yeah absolutely i mean we we interview people like we tell them like hey jd and justin will go to the mat on a big decision and if you're not comfortable with that this is not a good place for you to work <laughs> yeah because we have to be comfortable with that in order to know that we're gonna be objective enough to find the right answer every time or as many times as we possibly can sure. but if you're gonna like you know, pussyfoot around the facts, like you're not going to make a good decision. Absolutely and not. We try our best to never pussyfoot around the facts. And sometimes though, like, I mean, that leads to big arguments and it gets messy sure. and it gets bit. messy, yeah. but it has to be that way for you to find the right answer. At least that's, you know, yep. what's what we have found. I 100%. find comfort in messes and it's really, really weird because if it's not like, if I don't have all that going, it probably means I'm not doing something right. Right. You know, cause you have to have that uncomfortable conversation those uncomfortable times lead to growth um it leads to you being you know you're looking at yourself in the mirror saying okay am i am i being self-aware enough on what's really going on mm -hmm. he told me this like is that really true you got to take a step back and really and it's hard oh but yeah. those that's where your growth comes from and that's when we talk about it we talked about it on the last podcast i think but it's people want this instant gratification and it to be done right away and they want to you know listen to a Gary V podcast and you're going to be a millionaire and, yeah. and all these things and it doesn't really work that way you have to go through these experiences the that down to the mat kind of you know battle you know me and Sean have them like he thinks one way i think the other way like yesterday we sat in here for 45 minutes going back and forth on something that you know we we just had it we had to talk about yeah. and mm -hmm. is it uncomfortable sometimes yep yep do we mm -hmm. need to say it Yep. yep. Because now 
we are now stronger than we were yesterday. Yeah, and, and you wouldn't have those conversations if you didn't love the other person. Right. You know, like I love Jamie to, to death, be. and uh, <clears throat> I care for him deeply as a person, as my friend, and like the business partner. Honestly, is kind of third. I right. think. I mean, I think we're living in a different time where. I mean, I've always said people before early when we were young, they would always be you're trying to separate personal from business, and mm-hmm. business is personal. Oh if yeah. It's, if it's not fucking personal. Then there's a problem. Yeah. Then you don't care about you it enough, care. or yeah. you're not transparent enough, and there's something fucking shady going on. Totally. You know, if it's and not, people will like, see through that. Absolutely, they'll see through it. Your customers will see through it. Your staff will see through it. It's like this is who we are. Mm-hmm. So let's be who we are and go from there. Totally. I mean, if you guys read that book by Ben Horowitz called "The Hard Thing About Hard Things," no, but I it's will. It's one of the most transformative business books I've ever read. Oh, I'm What's it called? Uh, the Hard Thing Next About up. Hard Things by Ben Horowitz of we'll Unreasonable. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's great. He has a part where he talks about entrepreneurs asking him for advice. Obviously, at Andreessen Horowitz, he gets probably pimped for these questions all the time. But he's like, number one mistake you can make as an entrepreneur, taking your business too personally. Other number one mistake you can make as an entrepreneur, not taking it personally personally enough. And you have to do that. Sure. You know, and I think I'd like to think anyway that our customers see that we we. Our hearts and our souls, everything we've got is in this business. I know that. Because we believe in our mission. Right. And you care about everything. <laughs> no, but you laugh about it, but you care about everything. I mean, you care about it because it's you. It represents who you are. It represents this is the company. This is what we're doing. And it makes you a better company because of it. We try. You know, we certainly try. This is, uh, I mean, these patches are, each one of these colors here on the table represents a different facet and a different part of our mission. Sure. So it's a different customer segment. Uh, you know, there's multicam, there's M81 Woodland. That's the, that's the branding are, side that, you know, unfortunately you have to fight with your business partners about sometimes because you're <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing buying that? But, you know, Derek spends a lot of money to get gear and he has, you know, these hats that he bought, these floral hats. I mean, my wife and my, my step, my, my stepmother, my mother-in-law, they're both like, when do I get my floral hat? I'm like, what the fuck do you mean floral hat? <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, well, I'll ask Derek. I'll see if I can get you one. They're like, well, you promised me that before, but I want the floral hat. I'm like, all right, fuck. <laughs> Tabitha has the floral hat and my wife needs a floral hat. Let's make it happen. Um, talk to me about your logo. I mean, what went into this? So another, another Bishop's link here. Uh, my, my sister designed, she's a graphic designer. She lives in Houston now. Really? Her husband. Yeah. And in fact, you guys were in the same class, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So she designed. She have her own firm, or yeah, she, really Akula creative. Oh God, mm-hmm. we're getting in touch. Um, Sorry, George. She is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jorge. <laughs> uh, she, she, and I. I think partly because we were both trained by my father. You know, my father was the one. My mom has tons of great skills. We get our great eyesight from her. <laughs> our, our design, uh, you know, sense, we did not get from her. We get that from our dad. Right. And he, uh, because he trained both of us, I think it's one of the reasons my sister and I work so well together. I mean, I just, I start to breathe like five words. She knows exactly what I'm thinking. Sure. And when JD and I came to her about this logo, I mean, she had it in like two tries. You That's know, rad. Took her, I don't know how much time, but it wasn't. That's so important in a graphic designer. Oh, it's, it's, it's huge. so I mean, important. And we have the same aesthetic. We share a value system. She knows exactly what my taste is, right? So the Q, um, this is this will tell you what kind of nerds JD and I are. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, I'm like a dorks we are because we were like, oh, we should name it. JD actually came up with it. He was like, how about core performance? And I was like, well. That's going to be a tough trademark. C-O-R-E sure. is probably taken. Right? <laughs> so, so then he was like, 
uh, well, okay, what about some other options? And then I think it was our buddy Pablo who's like, what about a Q? And we were like, why a Q? And he's like, see, he transfer coefficient. And we we're like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally. So totally. That's how we, we subbed out the C with a Q. And then Nikki designed the Q, what we call the Q hex icon or Q hex logo. And now it's here. And we actually had a, a customer the other day that told me it was one of the bigger compliments I've ever heard on a logo. And he didn't doesn't know anything about my past. And so uh-huh. he was like, man, you know, your your Q hex logo, I see it on the back of trucks. Like I see it in the future on the back of trucks, the same way that the Oakley O icon is on the back of trucks. There he didn't go. know. I worked for Jim Gennard right out of college. Oh, I worked wow. at Oakley, and it was that was a truly blessed experience. I was so lucky. I did not deserve that opportunity. What did you learn from him? Uh, if you don't respect your brand, nobody else will either. Right. That's a big big thing. I mean, I, I talk to my employees about that a lot, and they don't. They understand now, you know, mm-hmm. we're having another meeting tonight about stuff. Um, but wearing my shirts out to bars and acting a fool is yeah. really, really, it's, I take that very, very serious. And I, I, I feel very disrespected if you, I mean, I want you to wear it with pride and I want you to be as proud as, as you can to be part of this team. And if I don't create that atmosphere, I'm doing something yeah. wrong and I'm okay with that. So mm-hmm. I, I need to make sure that I'm hypersensitive to be putting that much, you know, I care that much about my logo that they have to feel the same way. Cause that's your, that's your family. Yeah. And they, yeah. you can see in the last two years how much it's changed. And it, it's, it's so important to me and my family. And, you know, when I see pictures and someone's wearing my hat or my shirt or something out there, it's, it's, uh, I'm like, right on you know that that's that's we want to wear it for the right reasons and uh you know if you don't like you said if you don't care who is yeah i mean he he taught me a lot of things i I only got to work on one project uh with him while i was there but if you don't respect your brand and your product why should anybody else was a huge i mean i never forget it yeah it was awesome absolutely uh why why stay frosty so stay frosty is a term that's been in military and police circles i think it started more in military circles and it basically just means be humble honor the basics perfect the basics stay alert and that's your hashtag that's our hashtag that's your also our trademark also your trademark Mm -hmm. why why is that important so stay frosty we feel is the perfect manifestation (laughs) (laughs) don't worry about it guys don't worry about it guys nothing to hear here you just show that. Derek tried to put the ice plate on. It didn't. <laughs> uh, but we feel that it perfectly represents everything that we try to do with the ice plate. The ice plate uh, and its ecosystem help you stay alert. Like physiologically, they have benefits for you, but sure. they also represent a, a, us honoring the basics of human physiology and what it takes to master the foundational needs, basically, of the body to do hard tasks sure right if you don't do those things like you can't be good at anything you've got to do in our worlds you can't be good as a soldier as a marine as a cop as a firefighter frankly working uh you know for chick-fil-a for dutch was like you if you don't master your physiological fundamentals and respect those and their requirements you got no tools right yeah so i think it's so important too because on a digital marketing side, I mean, you're doing something 
that's setting you apart. Even though you are a small business, you're branding and you're finding people are being able to find a way to follow you on Instagram, to go and search that hashtag and to find really cool shit of people using your product, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and we believe it. We're like, we're social media noobs would be kind. Oh, come on. You get, uh, <laughs> Retards well, is probably hey, like it. <laughs> but, but the point is nobody's great at it. You know, it's all new. Everything, it changes daily. And if you're not doing it, then guess what? No one else is going to do it for you. Right. So, you know, you taking control of it and you guys, you know, being active on Twitter, being active on Instagram, being active on, I mean, Facebook got you (laughs) your your account with uh, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I mean, we we try to be very responsive. We try to always give everybody the customer experience that we want. That was very important to JDI when we started the company. Not the customer experience that will be the most profitable or the best today or is the most scalable. We care about giving the customer experience that we always want when we are a customer of yeah. other people's. And that means like on social media, we try to make that response. We try to make every customer response. I know we state less than 24 hours, but internally, I'll tell you, we try to make it like less than 30 minutes yeah. because we don't want you to feel like you're just talking to a machine. You're talking, yeah. there's, you're talking to like, you know, three or four different dudes. Well, yeah, you, you know? do that so often. You're always talking to machines and you're always, yeah. so when you get that, exactly. it's what sets you apart from everybody else. The, you caring, you, you making sure that that experience, because there's for, for an entrepreneur, <clears throat> we have to do something that sets us apart. That's proprietary to what, you know, our either our product or our experience. Yep. And we, always want to make sure that when people come here or when they go to your place, that you're creating an experience that they can't get somewhere else. Sure. The digital age, we're going to have robots and we're going to have, um, you know, recordings and all that stuff. I hate them. I personally hate <laughs> yeah. them. And that's what, like you're saying, you want the experience that, that you would want if you were going somewhere else. Same thing that we try to do here. Same thing Sean does. I want to create an experience that makes me want to come back. Yeah, so absolutely. By you doing that, you're going to have more return customers than you, you would ever imagine. We were, we've been interviewing a lot of people to grow our team recently in the last six months in particular. And we were, JD and I were speaking to somebody recently and this person asked us, well, we could probably help you with uh, customer service inquiries and whatnot. And I was like, JD and I both looked at this person. We're like, absolutely not. And they were like, well, it's kind of hard for you guys as the owners to always stay on top of customer inquiries. And I was like, there's zero chance I will let anybody else do that yeah. except us. We will act as the traffic air traffic controllers. We'll direct now, it to get the answers. You know, right right now no. you need to do it. And well, it, and I told him like as long as we we're going to make this a priority to hire around us always being able to talk to the customers because the second we don't talk to our customers, like we're going to lose the pulse of the company Absolutely. instantaneously. I mean, it's going to happen overnight. It right? happens all the time. It happens time. in restaurants all the time. The yeah. further staff get away from the customer the less they care about the things that are actually driving the business. Right. And we don't want that experience. I mean, mm-hmm. we hate, we all, here's just sitting right here. We don't like it when people do that. Right. I know for, for me, I, I personally, when I'm in my office, I make sure if I check and I've been in my office for 45 minutes, I walk down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's just to take a lap, to talk to the customers, to talk to my employees, whatever it is, to be present that I'm not just sitting up on my perch, that I'm actually down there and, and talking to them, engaging and, and doing those things because it's so important. Oh, it's it really, huge. really that you human know, interaction is so people important. That, people that don't run businesses or don't have a connection with that, right, I feel like they always say, oh, well, you guys own your own business. You can take as much time off as you want. <laughs> uh, no. So actually what they don't know is that the business hours during the day are for talking with your customers, your supply chain, et cetera. 
the actual work you have to do in your office, that's for at night. Yeah. That's <laughs> for either at night or early in the morning. Early when in no the one morning, else yeah. is here. Yeah. Whatever absolutely. it is, it's not during like the nine to five part of the night. Yeah. No, when you wake yeah. up in the middle of the night and then that that's when I mean I'll wake up at twelve sometimes and I'm like, Well, I can pretty much guarantee I'm not going back to sleep because here it goes. And I open up my, you know, I'm doing emails or whatever it is. And I'm thinking about new things and how to be innovative and what I have to do and who has to come and what, what, what I have to do to get it done. And before you know it, it's four, four in the morning. That's usually when I wake up. I'm like, okay. But I think, you know, for both of your brands, it shows in your brands. Your brands are so authentic and they honor the grassroots nature of your, your businesses like perfectly. I mean, you can tell. We appreciate that. And I think that's been kind of our competitive advantage being in Spring Valley is it it forced us to care about everything. Yeah. You know, care about everything in a way that was authentic, but also care about our village. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, look at looking at things. And, you know, for us, we're we're just so fortunate that we're living in a time where we can do all kinds of stuff and we can record a podcast and have people listen to this, you know, that are in different fields that have different backgrounds that. You know, for some reason, they found the Behind the Smoke podcast and they're listening. And we're Derek and I are grateful for that. Extremely grateful. I mean, I, I think when we first started, um, you know, if we had a couple hundred listeners, I was like, dude, I mean, that's a couple hundred people that are listening to our bullshit. Cool. <laughs> My wife doesn't even want to listen to me. Yeah. Um, but to have like 100,000 now, it's, it's insane, man. Yeah. I, I think I don't. I remember during, I think you and Shane were talking about community service hours. Oh, yeah. You, were, you, were, yeah. you guys had to do community service hours? <laughs> yeah. you know? We did. 100 we, community service hours to yeah. graduate. But I'd like to think that, you know, in Shane's organization, in yours, you know, in ours, like that you see, I think there's a little bit of bishops in there. There is. You know? Absolutely. Um, that we we give a shit about our surroundings, our communities. And, you know, our community is like more like a vertical of people, but everywhere in the world. Uh, you know, your community is, is right here, but also a vertical everywhere in the country in barbecue. Mm-hmm. And and in in listening to those things, like when you guys talk about your craft and you can tell that this is not a marketing pitch. This is this is really who you guys are. Right. Yeah. You yeah. care about your trade and your craft and your skills and like making that as awesome as you can and focus like that's your hedgehog. Yeah. And yeah. when you you can tell the difference between that and. You know, like I don't care if he hears this, but like you can tell the difference between a Steve Jobs apple and a Tim Cook apple. Tim yeah. Cook apple, apple, that's a company. Right. Yeah. Steve Jobs apple, like that was a mission. Right. Mm-hmm. That was a call. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, it's uh, it's we appreciate you saying that, and it it is. It's I I live and, and breathe it every single day, and I I don't I don't know any different. You know, I, I grew up in this industry. I, I and I, I I love it, and I it's just who I am to mm-hmm. to the bitter end, and it's giving back it's all those things that i want to do and um i figured out how to implement those things in my business and uh you know that's what you have to do if you want to survive and make it you know fun and you 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 have to find out what makes you tick and if you can implement that in what you're doing whether it be even if you're you know we talked about it with uh, i think it was brian smith or but talking about if you want to be uh, an actor but you're a teacher well you know when you're when you're in a class, figure out some things where you can do some acting and, and like figure out what makes you happy. Right. And go 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 after it. Yeah, I mean for for us, we're we're grateful. I mean, you came here to tell us about your story, tell us about the cool kick-ass shit that you're doing. Um, Derek and I were humbled to know smart fuckers like you. <laughs> and I know you think you're not smart. Lucky but fuckers, you, I guess. You, we uh, we know. 
we, we know it when we see it and uh, we're really excited to see where the company goes. Um, anything that we can do to help along the way uh, to help spread the mission. That's something that we're excited about. We do have a social shout out um, for those of you following along the podcast, tagging us in your behind the smoke photos. Uh, this week's going to barbecue with Rick Rick. Uh, he actually was just on the Man Meat Barbecue podcast, uh, Tariq Sykes. He keeps tagging us, uh, listening to the podcast. We appreciate that. Uh, so we're going to send out a Behind the Smoke mug for him. Uh, how can people find you, Justin? So Instagram, at Core Performance, Q, not a C. Q, not a C. <laughs> yeah, uh, or uh, Facebook, at Core Performance 2. YouTube is our other one where we, we're about to start focusing on that a lot on so, youtube yeah cool. we're, we're trying to hire a full-time videographer right now to really focus in on on video content because we have such a tactile and visual product yeah you know um i think that's why instagram and and youtube do well for us sure but we want to there's information we want to convey there so uh instagram is at core performance facebook is i think core performance also and youtube is core performance usa awesome we'll put that in the show notes and uh, we appreciate you coming out here and We'll catch you guys next Friday. Thanks for having me. See ya. Hey guys, this is Sean and Derek, and we just really want to thank you for listening to the podcast. It means the world to us. We'd like you to go check out BehindTheSmokeMedia.com. That's our website where we have barbecue resources for you to help build your barbecue business. Uh, we also have events listed, so anything that's happening in the West Coast barbecue movement, uh, anything that's going on, we want you to go check that out so you can learn more and get involved. We also have show notes uh, from all the episodes. So anything we talked about in the episodes, you can find detailed show notes there. Um, plus, you can just get in touch with us. It's important that uh, we're here as a resource for you. So please reach out. Let us know how Derek and I can help you with your barbecue journey. Uh, get involved. Stay curious. And uh, follow us on social at Barbecue War Stories. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.